0: Well, Amber couldn't be here for the show tonight, but Amber hired a babysitter for me. And the babysitter's here, and what's the babysitter's name? Chris. What's the babysitter's last name? Bailey. Chris Bailey <laughs> from Grimstone. Chris, yes. thanks for hanging out. Absolutely. Yeah, Amber, Amber is stuck at the office tonight. Um, this, the fucking weather in this state is bizarre. People that don't live in Michigan, you don't know. You just don't know. We've had literally, I mean, people say, well, you could force, you know, you get four seasons in a week. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. We do.
1: Sometimes in a day.
0: <laughs> in, in a weekend, literally Friday, it was so frigid cold on Friday. Yeah, Friday was still really bad. Uh, my work was shut down. We were all working remote. I mean, the government here shut down. I didn't know weather could do stuff like that. And I know. I just, you know, I'm I'm on the Facebooks and stuff and all the memes, and, you know, mm-hmm. back in my day, and we all have heard that thing, I used to walk to school in snow with no shoes on and all that crap. And I think people really do jump, I mean, I, I got a lot of friends who are parents, and they're like, dude, it's just cold out. I mean, it's really cold out. It's really cold. Uh, and I guess, I've said this before, this is not the kind of weather, like the, the kind of weather we had last week in Michigan here. That's the kind of weather that tries to kill you. It's out to murder you. Like when you walk outside with a coat or not without a coat, with without a coat, oh, whatever. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about. When you walk outside, it, it you feel like the weather just wants to murder you. Like you, you're everything in your body's like, dude, no, 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 back, back inside. I mean, just op- I just opened the door. I mean, I was literally shut in for three days last week, just working, and I would poke my head out to grab the mail. And that was enough. I couldn't take it. I'm like, this is insane. Now I was also in a t-shirt and shorts, which you know,
1: standard attire for you, though, Scott.
0: What's that standard
1: attire for you? you. Know,
0: well, nowadays, yeah, right. it seems like it. Well, yeah, I, I, I got accused of being, and I have, not, I, I stopped the. I know I had a reputation when I was younger for being like the 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 winter shorts guy, uh, and you see those people still. I didn't think they made them anymore. I thought I was one of the original cuts. But I used to do that when I was young. I'd go to college. When I was in college, I'd, you know, it'd be like 10 degrees outside and I'd have shorts on with a coat. What I was thinking, I have no idea. I mean, you, you grow and you get better. And I remember when I bought a pair of pants again, and that was only like maybe 12 years ago, I put pants on and went outside. Well, actually, it was the other way around. I actually put shorts on and went outside and, you know, you get older, the skin starts to thin up a little bit. And my body said, hey, dude, this is really cold. This sucks. Maybe you should consider wearing pants. And I bought pants and I did appreciate that. And I've appreciated that since then. But I had had a friend of mine accuse me of being one of the short wearer people. I'm like, I haven't done that in over a decade. Where have you been? So, yeah, the, the short wearing people, and it's, dude, it's guys, it's all guys. Girls are way smarter than that. Women are way smarter than that. They wear pants in the winter time. Not the guys. I've seen and I see them. I've seen a couple of them this winter already, and I'm like, dude, that looks like it hurts. So yeah, I don't want to be that person. It's too cold. But yeah, last week sucked. It was a complete mess. Uh, and over the weekend, now we're sitting in. As I mentioned a second ago, it's like raining outside and it's like 40, 45 degrees.
1: Hundred degree swing. Literally, when, when
0: you figure in the when you figure in the windshield, the windshield or whatever, uh, yeah, it, it. I was on my bicycle yesterday, riding in the neighborhood. I pulled it out. I pulled it off the hangers in the garage. I'm like, I can go out and I'm gonna ride my bike. With, with snow all over the place, still. I'm like, this is the most bizarre crap. And then we got more rain, and now the snow is nearly all gone. No, yep. like this is just the weirdest state to live in when it comes to weather. I know it's the sportsman's paradise, but it, it wreaks havoc on your sinuses. Everybody's sick right now because of all these massive swings in the in the weather. I I I I can't deal with it anymore. I have to move somewhere else. What about you, Chris?
1: Well, I was just impressed that you know, through rain or sleet or or hail or
0: snow, the the mail per- will go on. Not in Michigan. No, it didn't. We had a couple days. Here's what I did. Oh my god, this is hysterical. I needed to get my uh, license renewed uh well my tags yeah, and all that yeah. stuff and i looked at the thing and it said oh you're up for a license renewal and on one piece of paper it said hey you can do the license renewal by mail also because i normally just do the tags by mail and not have to deal with the third ring of hell which is the secretary of state i just mail it in get it do it ahead of time mail it in no problem no drama this year was the license renewal and I looked at one piece of paper and said, you're up for You can just do this on, you know, via mail. I'm like, oh, great. Even better. Cool. Yeah. I just have to do a selfie and send it to him. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how that works. And then another piece of paper said, no, you can't do this by mail. And I'm like, well, now I'm confused. Now I'm going in. I'm just not going to play games. I'm not going to even make an attempt to call them. I might as well just go there and sweat it out. And, and we were closed down Wednesday and Thursday. Everything in this state was shut down except for like, McDonald's, Because they never close. No, But they were shut down. So I got the bright idea. I'm like, well, hey, Friday morning, uh, I got a little bit of downtime from work. I can go there in the morning. I'll get there early in the morning. Like a half an hour early. And I'll beat the line. <laughs> How did that work for you? Well, not too bad, actually. It was still the third ring of hell. I got there about 830 in the morning, half an hour before they opened. And there was already a line of people like curled inside the vestibule. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit, damn it. So I go in there and you know what? I wasn't really that upset about waiting in line there. What I was more upset was having to listen to every canned cliche joke people are telling while waiting in line. Well, if we beat on the windows, They'll let us in. Or maybe we start chanting, let us in, let us in. <laughs> this is hilarious. And I'm like, oh my God, you people are not funny and I'm way too close to you right now. Your 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 jacket touched my jacket. Disgusting. Gross. I was able to get in though and I honestly I only waited ten minutes. Oh, that's pretty good. I was lucky. I was super lucky. No appointment? No appointment. I get I, I was in the front I mean, I was maybe seven people back and I got my ticket and they're like, Yeah, wait over there. And they called me. I'm like, oh, What? So I was home by about nine thirty. So that really was pretty impressive. I know the Secretary of States have been trying to knock the uh, how tarnished they are as an institution they've been working really hard to try to make themselves a you know faster more sleek machine so i was pretty impressed but i don't know why i thought that after them being closed for two, oh, i didn't mention this part if i would have came there like 5 minutes later i would have been i mean it was insane how fast the line built up cuz i just got out of my i just got out of the car and ran up there and got in line if i would have waited another 5 minutes it was a line going out that vestibule door mm-hmm. down the plaza. Like down the plaza. I mean I looked out there, I'm like, Oh my God. If I would have waited any longer, I'd have been totally screwed. So I got lucky. But that was that was my my brilliant idea thinking, Oh, it's not a big deal. I can Two days being closed, how busy would they be in the morning? But I got lucky. it, it could have been a lot worse though. Yeah, it could. We had a good time tonight. We talked to Tamara Thorne. Amazing woman. Amazing woman. She, uh, one of the oldest, well, I've mentioned this a couple times. She was the first phone guest we ever had on the show when we first started out many, many years ago. And I, I've been thinking about, you know, reaching out to her. We hadn't talked in a long time. And I'm happy to say that she is going strong as ever. Now, for those of you that don't know Tamara, Tamara Thorne's first novel was published in 1991. Since then, she has written a gazillion novels, including internal, international inter, international bestsellers uh, as Haunted, Bad Things, Moonfall, and The Sorority. Tamara's interest in writing is lifelong, as is her fascination with the paranormal, occult, mythology, and folklore. She's been an avid ghost story collector and writer all her life. And you're going to hear more about that in the show. We talk about some ghost stories that have been with me since I've talked to her about them. They're really amazing. Tamara's novels range from straight out ghost stories to tales of witchcraft, conspiracies, UFOs, elemental forces, and vampires. No matter what topic she chooses, chances are you'll find a ghost or two lurking in the background. Guys, enjoy our talk with Tamara Thorne. We ever had on our little show was a woman named Tamara Thorne. she was the first person I, well, I should say as far as guests she was the first phone guest we ever had on our little show uh, and she made back in the old days of the show she would pop on all the time and and she was always a riot and we start. We're kind of ramping things up again here, and I thought, man, I gotta have Tamara come on the show. And guess who we have to? Guess who is on the phone line right now, waiting so patiently, with all new equipment. We started all over. Yeah, again. we got all this new equipment. We're trying. <laughs> yeah, and we spent like a half an hour trying to get this shit to work. Um, but we're here, and Tamra, Tamara, you're out there, right? Are you still there? You haven't fallen asleep.
2: I'm here, and I have all new equipment too. You have all That's new right. equipment.
0: What? What equipment do you have? I have a collaborator
2: that I'm very fond of, and and this computer's new, I'm sure, since we last spoke, uh, <laughs> and, and probably these pants I'm wearing and my underwear, uh, you know,
0: it's all new. <laughs> all new equipment. We all have all new equipment. <laughs> well, it's been a few years, Tamara, and and thanks again. Yeah. yeah, thanks for coming here and hanging out. I mean, you were a dear friend of ours. You still are a dear friend of ours. Um, as I as I already stated, you were, and I this is documented. You were the first like phone person, like phone guest, I should say, we ever had on the show Mm -hmm. where we had to finagle this weird office phone to make it work where you could hear us and we could hear you. And it was, it was back in those days when we didn't have all this technology, we just kind of had to be clever and innovative. And you were the first person (laughs) for us to bench test that thing. And, and since then uh, you have, you were, you had a million books before, you know, back in the old days, you had a million books and you have a ton more Mm -hmm. books now there's a book that you have out recently, though. It's called Brimstone. Am I correct?
2: It's almost out. It's it should be out in the within two months. Two it, months. It's my first solo in a long time. I've been doing collaborations. Really? Uh, with that that my new my my collaborator. So, but and, uh, this one's actually solo. We sat on Skype all day long, and we both wrote solos together, but uh, separately. It was it was quite a treat.
0: And this is, um, if I may ask, now this is obviously it's. Uh, What you told me, you know, in our conversations, it's it's a coming of age ghost story. Am I correct?
2: It is. Yeah. A long time ago, somebody said somebody told me somebody ought to write a, well, they said you ought to write a female coming of age horror novel. And I always thought that was kind of a cool idea. So I did. And uh, just finished it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, and this is a, it's obviously a ghost story, like we said, though, too. Um, Yes. I've never heard that those ideas put together in the same sentence before. And that's, obviously, that's not a bad thing. Creativity's what drives the world. But I, that's what kind of knocked me off balance. I'm like, how would you make something like that work?
2: Um, all it is is a girl instead of a boy coming of age in a <laughs> horror novel. You know, Summer of Night, uh, Rick McCammon's uh, Boy's Life, which he claims isn't horror, but it is. And there's all kinds of coming-of-age stories, and they're always about boys. And so I wrote one about a girl.
0: <laughs> why do you think? It was easy. Yeah. It was fun. As far as stories are concerned, you, I mean, and you, you said that, and that, that, that does make me think about that. Why are there mm-hmm. so many coming of age stories? I mean, obviously coming of age is something, you know, where you grow as a result of the events of this story. At least that's, to me, that's a part of that idea. Why, why do you think there are so many coming of age type themes when it comes to stories now? Or at least and then well, to me, it's been for a while. I, I don't
3: know.
2: I think it's because we all identify because because we all came of age one way or another. And it's a tough time. You know, you're, you're turning from a kid into somebody who thinks on their own. You have to question authority. You run into things, you know, before when you're a little kid and something knocks on the door and there's nobody out there. You call mom. Yeah. But now, you know, maybe people don't believe you. You're too old to be you know, saying, there's something out there, so you have to look for yourself. Yeah. And this little girl, Holly, she's 11, and she's uh, the daughter of an aging porn actress. She is used to taking care of herself anyway. Okay. And she gets dumped at her grandmothers, who's who's an actual former movie star, not porn. Uh, <laughs> you know, sort of, if she was creepy, she would be... Uh, Oh, you know, like Sunset Boulevard, but she's not creepy. Yeah, yeah. But Delilah Devine is an old-time 40s movie star and uh, doesn't want a kid. But uh, Cherry Devine, the porn star, uh, dumps her kid on her. And uh, so it, it's a whole lot about that dynamic in a haunted hotel that the, the grandmother owns. And it's, that's what it's about. Yeah, yeah. And what happens I, yeah. there, there's a big family mystery going on.
0: You yeah, know, and, and the more we discuss this, this idea, you know, coming of age when it comes to even when it comes to ghosts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can see how that would be, you know, and you know, over the years and all the conversations I think we all have in this field, studying the paranormal and ghosts, I think the number one thing still for people is, you know, these are people that are not, they're not adolescents, they're not young, they're older people, and they still have, yeah. I saw something. I saw something. Yeah. But even when you're older, yeah. you're scared because you don't want people to think you're well, crazy, right? If you take, right. if you take this idea of being a young, now you're, you know, you're an adolescent, you're, you're, you're coming of age, you're learning, you're, you know, you're, there's all these things you have to figure mm-hmm. out, especially if you're on your yeah. own, um, that would make things even more difficult if you're experiencing things that you can't understand.
2: Oh, Yeah. That, yeah, and, and then to have people tell you you're you nuts.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. That, you're the whole world Holly, the
2: little girl in the story, sees ghosts. She always has and she takes them for granted. She's looking forward to this haunted place, not realizing she's gonna see something more than residuals that don't interact with her. Yeah. That her yeah. you know, and she's always kept it to herself and she's just happy as a clam. And then she runs into things she wasn't expecting and you know, finding people who she can talk to is important as it is for all of us Yeah. who won't go, oh, you're so full of it.
0: Well, and again, I say, I say that that happens to people that are in their older years. I mean, we've we've talked to so many people that, um, you know, you talk to at a conference or you're out and about, you're doing something. And I've had this conversation, I can't count how many times with people like, you know, I'm glad I can talk to you guys, you know, because you're accepting of these Mm -hmm. ideas uh, and you're not judging me. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I always tell me, hey, don't worry about what other people think about you, but that's not always as easy, you know, as it's, you know, it's easier no. said than done. No. Uh, you know, people want to be accepted exactly. on their merits. And when you come to, and I mean, me, I'm fucking crazy. I don't care. I just, I'll <laughs> just, I'll blurt out anything. I mean, we were at a, we were at a gathering uh, on Saturday night over the weekend and we got on the subject of UFOs and things like that. And I said, I saw uh-huh. a UFO. I mean around a pile of people mm-hmm. I didn't even know. Now mind you I had a couple beers too, but so it was a little bit socially lubricated. <laughs> but I but really I've done this stone cold sober. I've done it at work. I've said, look, I've seen I saw a UFO. I could tell you all about it. Yeah. Right? I'm happy to. Sure. Um and if you think I'm nuts, I you know I'm at a point, you know, you get to a certain point in your life. I think anybody who's talking on this show right now, we we may have gotten to that point where I'm not really too com- at my point, I'm not that concerned about what people think. I'm I'm right. more concerned with the truth. I want to know what the truth yeah. is. Um, so, you know, but again, people, I think in their older years, even there, they have this apprehension. Now you take this idea that you've laid down, Tamara, and you, you mix in the biomechanical furnace that is a young girl, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to cause issues for a person. That can be damn near traumatizing, oh, yeah. it, seems like, it would seem like. Um, it's, oh, and, yeah. And scary. And just scary, right, Mm -hmm. Tamara? It is, yeah. As far as ghost stories are concerned, too, and I just thought about this, and I thought about this in preparation for this show. I have to say that you probably have told when when Doug when Doug was here back in the day. Mm -hmm. You told us probably one of the most compelling ghost stories I had ever heard. I had ever heard in my entire life. and I want you to, if you remember this, I mean, I just want to kind of give you, because a lot of stuff happens. It's been a, over a decade, yeah. <laughs> so, but the story—I'm sure tra- I remember it. Yeah, but you have yeah. to remind me. The <laughs> story you told us was you guys were traveling, you were just on the road, and I mm-hmm. think this may have been a number of years ago. I don't have all the details anymore either, uh, but you guys stopped at a rest stop, and oh, you mean the the taco stop. The Taco joint? No, no. This, if I remember correctly, oh. now again, my details are foggy, or maybe, okay, maybe I'm wrong. But you guys stopped somewhere, and Damien, Damien, yeah, uh huh. He had to use the That's restroom, cool. right? Go ahead, uh uh-huh.
2: huh. Oh, this this was not a rest stop. This was a little. We were coming home. Okay. And uh, from the central coast to California. And there was a place where we used to live in Arcadia, California, that we used to walk to to get burritos because they were so good. It's called Taco Lita, and um, we decided to wait for lunch. It was about three in the afternoon, and we just kept driving because we wanted to stop at Taco Lita for burritos before <laughs> we went home. And that's like you know forty minutes from where we live. Yeah, yeah. So we pulled in, and oh, we both had to pee so bad. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's it's just a little place. It's built in, and uh, it has three openings on the back one is to go into the kitchen and then there's a little wall and there are two doors one for men and one for women and these are almost rest uh, airplane size restrooms and okay, by I'm the okay. way there's more to the story now since it hit the newspapers uh but i'll tell you that in a minute <laughs> all right so i i we got out of the car and we look up and there's this very tall with really good posture man walking ahead of us he had on a pale yellow sweater and khaki pants he was older you could see gray hair under a little cap and he went into the men's room and robert damien we usually call him damien but his real name is robert um (laughs) he's just uh. so i went in the women's room i was out in you know 30 seconds and there's the the other guy's still in there so just as robert was going to go use the ladies room we were serious here um another man came up and got in line so he couldn't just walk in the ladies room so we wait yeah, for yeah, another man. minute or two and the old guy doesn't come out and it's long enough now that we're starting to wonder uh um, what's going on so robert walks up to the door and he knocks on it nobody answers and he gives me one of these oh crap looks
0: yeah, what's going on and then
2: he tries the door huh i yeah, said so i was saying like what's going on yeah. that would be like
0: the what's happening yeah, yeah.
2: he yeah, we exchanged a meaningful look. So he knocks on the door again, nothing. So he tries the door, it opens, and the light is off, and there's nobody in there. There is no other exit, it was empty. So he went in and peed, and then we went in and had burritos and chortled nonstop. And we had, it's been what, 10, 15 years now, and we still
3: yeah.
2: love this story. But a couple of years ago, I did a, a haunted places in the LA area for a syndicate of newspapers, okay. hit everywhere. And, um, I got a call from the newspaper guy and he said, there's someone who wants to talk to you. And it was a woman and her mother, her widowed mother, and they wanted to meet with me and they brought a photo. It turned out I'm getting chills right now. This was so amazing. I We didn't see the man from the front. We saw him from the rear, but it was the same man. It was her husband. He was co-owner of this Taco Oh, are
0: you kidding me? No way.
2: I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. It was, uh, just fantastic. We actually, it was, it was like a, it was a happy residual. It was a very pleasant thing. We've never seen it again. We go there as often as we can, but it was him, the sweater, everything. He dressed like that. Very tall, you know, like well over six feet, probably. That's what it seemed like. And, you know, a thin golf sweater and, the khaki paps, very good posture. It was him. It blew me away.
0: That story, (laughs) that story to me. And I mean, even, even, even going back to this with you, Tamara, I mean, there's details for me that were obviously foggy, but what put the hook in me was what happened. It doesn't matter where it was. Honestly, it was, it was, it was what happened. And I, when you told us that originally, Doug and I talked about that for an hour after the show. I'm like, I have never heard, you know, been presented an idea like that when it comes to a ghost or a residual. Let's just We can call it a residual, right? Um, I think it was, yeah, because we saw the door open and close. We saw the light go on. None of that actually happened.
2: So we saw a little movie, both of us.
0: But the door opened? I mean, the, the, the physically the door we opened.
2: Saw, yeah, we saw the guy open the door. We saw the light flick on. We saw the door close. It couldn't have happened. There was no man. And so was, we saw the whole movie right it, in front of our eyes.
0: And again, there was no other e- exit to get out of there at all. There was nothing, correct? Nothing, nothing. They're very
2: small and tiny little bathrooms, and there's no other exit.
1: Well, number one, I want to applaud Robert for being willing to go in there and use the bathroom after he disappears. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, cool. it, it didn't, you know, it was so sudden that we didn't really grok it until we sat down and started eating and then it was so pleasant it wasn't anything like it wasn't a scary thing it was just this guy kind of walking in and he was fine and he gave off a good vibe there was nothing wrong with it
0: i've never it was, I've, i treasure that well and you and i treasure it too Tamara. Th- just that story oh, well, good i mean I've, I've i've talked to people about that idea uh for years now since we talked about it when we actually talked about it on this show. And that's one thing I wanted to Uh bring up like, man, that has never left me like that idea of something going somewhere and never and just vaporizing, I guess. I mean, we can only imagine what actually happened, but something. Yeah. I I don't even know how to explain it. And that's why I think it's so intriguing to me. Well, we spent a
1: lot of time. It is,
0: And we didn't see him, you know, we just saw him walking ahead of us
2: was maybe 20 feet to the restroom from where we were parked. And we looked up. We both saw him at the same time and exchanged glasses. Oh, crap. Got to wait to pee. And yeah. uh, he was just there. And I guess we were just in the right place at the right time yeah. to pick up on it. I, it was a movie. It was like a loop, I'm sure. I, I would love to see it again, but I doubt
0: I ever will. You know, It was just yeah. luck. Chris, you, you were going to say something. I was
1: just going to say, we talk so much uh, all, all the time about mists and shadow people and all these little oddities that are completely out of the the ordinary. And, you know, here's someone that very well to them was just another person. You know, how many ghosts yeah. do we miss just during her day?
0: Well, that's what, I, that that's what screwed me up with that in a good way. That's what made, mm-hmm. that, that's what was, what the mind blown thing was, is how many times it, and that we may have even talked about that, Tamara. How many mm-hmm. times have we, mm-hmm. we've been going along our, our little business, doing whatever we're doing. And, um, somebody something or someone well someone crosses our path and we we don't know we don't think about it we don't even i mean how do you know you can't discriminate oh there's a ghost that's not a ghost that's a ghost that's you have no way of doing Mm -hmm. that you can't yeah so how many things No, there was a second go ahead go ahead Tamara. what are you gonna say oh there there was a second
2: one that that i saw Again, with another witness that a lot of people have seen. That's up north in the San Francisco area on the Bay Bridge, the upper level going into San Francisco. Really, and uh, a friend, another writer, and I were at a friend, another writer's house, and everybody was talking. It was a party about the ghost on the Bay Bridge, and everybody'd seen him. And the story goes that in the '40s, they used to have a, a towing service, and a man's car broke down. And he was waiting to be towed, and he got hit by another car. This guy has been seen pretty much standing still ever since. He doesn't move when you're looking at him. So we got all the info except exactly where it was. We didn't want to know that. And so we're driving back over into Frisco to go to our hotel, and we see a guy standing under one of the sodium lamps toward the Frisco side. And... um, my first thought was it's a cop because he looked kind of like in a leather jacket or something. He was kind of yellow because the sodium lamp was there. And he was just standing still. And as we drive by, I we say, Well, why? wait a minute, where was the car? Why was there just a guy standing there? So the next day, we called our friends and asked. And sure enough, he was exactly where the ghost is. We got to see the ghost. Didn't look like a ghost, looked like a real guy. Same idea. And,
0: yeah. Same idea. Yeah. I- this idea, and I can't overstate that enough, Tamara, this idea um, has had me since the time we talked about it, this very, I, mean, I don't even know what the hell, the, It just, how do you recognize it? You don't know, right? And it just goes back to what you we said. You don't know. A, yeah. We, I mean, how many things are we exposed to every day that could be- that we don't recognize. A, yeah. It could be a mm-hmm. ghost. It could just be a ghost. I do
2: I always think about the, the stories that people tell about – the one I'm thinking of was in England, and a couple of women walked out of a shop, and they walked into, like, Victorian era, the clothes and carriages and things like that, and they're looking around, and the people didn't see them. It was like they were the ghosts, kind of like that movie with uh, Nicole Kidman.
3: Which uh, movie is that?
1: The other. The other the other
0: Ghostly talk. <laughs> <laughs> so Tamara, along with all the mm-hmm. insane writing and all the insanity that's been your life for so many years now that we know and love you're doing Thorning cross haunted nights live right mm-hmm. um tell right. me tell me all about this i want to hear all about it
2: well a few years ago um someone invited us on her show she's a producer of a lot of shows on authors on the air and evidently we did good because pretty soon she asked us if we would do our own show featuring horror so we said okay and we do it every week and um we in interview all kinds of people you know in the horror field mostly authors like tomorrow we're doing uh dan ferrens uh he's an old friend he's he's got the amityville murders coming out and the haunting of sharon tate oh really coming out and uh very it's cool. very cool. We get to watch them early, and uh, we do. You know, Laurel K. Hamilton, John Saul, you name it. We we get to talk to them, and it's a hoot. And so we keep doing it. Yeah, that's kind of how know. we kind of how we've it's,
0: always done ghostly talk. We we'll just keep doing it until we don't want to do it anymore because it's a hoot. Because it's, exactly. it's a hoot. Exactly. It's a hoot. Yeah. Because you, you like to do it. You know? Yeah. When
2: we, when we rehearse tomorrow every year, we talk about stopping. But now we don't rehearse; we just go into it, and you know, now we don't want to stop. You know, and it's funny it's more
0: fun that way. What's funny about that, Tamara, is I think a lot of people when they start doing podcasts or, or shows or whatever they may be, uh, mm-hmm. they all go into it initially where they want to try to do a high produced thing, like they want to rehearse it and have an outline and have all this stuff. Doug and I, when we first yeah. started doing Ghostly Talk, uh, we literally. We I think we did about two or three shows where him and I actually sat down and wrote outlines and follow the format and did all this stuff mm-hmm. and not too long it took us for to go this is stupid let's just let's just go with it let's just see what yeah let's just see what happens right uh, and yeah. I, I think most people I think what makes podcasting especially now uh, with the accessibility that it has for people uh, is that you can get and we've been talking about this a lot here is the long form conversation, the biggest podcasters in the world and the little, the smallest podcasters in the world, they all have that. They can share is you really, you don't have any rules. You can do whatever you want. At least we don't have any rules right now. Yeah. Uh, You can do whatever you want. Um, And if you just want to just get on somewhere and talk and just riff on something, riff on a subject, you can do it right. You don't have to, you don't have to be pulled down by anything else. So I think a lot of people learn that quick. People we, we meet all yeah. the time that start doing podcasts. I've seen this cycle happen with people where they, they, they start out with, with ideas and that, you know, you have to have a vision. That's fantastic. Uh, but I think some people realize, like, let's just go natural. You know, if you're doing a podcast right. or, or a production or something, you're doing it for a yeah. reason, you're, you know, that you can do something like that.
2: Yeah. Think- Alistair and I are writers, not uh, podcasters. So th- we we spend maybe an hour getting ready for the show in an entire week. And if publicists send us books early enough, we're likely to read them. And that's yeah. that's just, you know, we like both like to read. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Or watch movies or whatever. But otherwise, yeah, we want to write books. We don't want to spend time. You know, we don't we're live and we will never not be live because we don't edit. <laughs> you
0: know, that's, that's we don't want to know how that's the way to go. That's the way to go. I mean, I edit, yeah. I edit ghostly talk enough to make it into a show and that's not really editing right. the content. That's just moving some stuff around and making it work. That's all we really do now. Right. Uh, and yeah. That's kind of how it's always been. We never have ever said, you know, we're going to change this around and make this sound prettier. Uh, just go with it and see what happens. And that's the future of radio. That's the future. I that's, think so. that's where it's all going. That's where people, yeah. I know myself, like my taste, and I know I'm not alone in this. I like, I find a podcast and it isn't all just paranormal stuff. I listen to all kinds of crazy stuff. And I found yeah. that I just like to listen to people talk for some reason. I like that. I like to listen to people have a mm-hmm. conversation while I'm driving in the car about Atari games or, you know, about whatever subject yeah. it is that week that I'm really into, about the mafia, whatever it might be, it's something I want to hear about. <laughs> and and just have people yeah. having a real conversation, you know, and I think yeah. that's where it's at. What's that? We use, we, we
2: mostly have writers, uh, you know, our, we are the horror show on this Authors on the Air, there's mystery shows and all kinds of things, but we ease horror falls into any category. So We'll have paranormal investigators. We'll have, uh, you know, as long as they've written a book or, or made a movie. Yeah. And, yeah. or we'll have, uh, I love when we have a coroner or a forensics doctor's on, because mm. you can ask them oh, horrible things and they don't flinch. And <laughs> <laughs> they just describe them in vast detail. All kinds of stuff. We we do whatever we want yeah. to, you know. And what we want is always going to have some flavor of
0: ghosts or horror or whatever you want to call it in there. So, yeah, it's fun. All those things, and, and you're right about that. Horror, to me, it seems like that has the longest tentacles of any, like, I guess, like, if you're talking about entertainment or writing or movies or whatever yeah. it may be, I think it has the longest and most tentacles of any yes. genre. Because, and, and, I mean, I, we watch a lot of movies, too. We're all, we're into a lot of movies and stuff. And oh, yeah. I find that horror crosses more genre boundaries than anything I've ever seen. Right. And horror is within here. all kinds of genres. That's yeah. I, I consider horror to be
2: vampires and werewolves, you know, with a, the usual, but otherwise what Silence of the lambs, aliens, everything has elements, excuse me, a horror in it. And if it has enough, it becomes
0: spooky, whether it's supernatural or not. Well, one of the things I always say about alien, which is one of my all time favorite movies, I think it's a lot of people's all time favorite movies. It's just that good. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. When they were making that, I've I watched. I have all the box sets. I have the quadrilogy, the anthology, whatever they have out there. I have, and i bought everything. Uh-huh. And one of the things that stuck with me was they were when they were when everyone was conceptualizing this movie. The idea was they wanted to make a haunted house in space, which really kind of put the hook in me. Yeah. there. I'm like, that's so true. It's a it's a haunted house in space um, with with way more dire consequences. I think uh, the xenomorph is not something mm-hmm. to mess around with but that that idea that they presented with that i thought was fascinating i'm like and that's what they did they pulled it off they pulled it off and then they did. some um and that movie's a great example of how a movie can cross genres so far uh you know obviously drama suspense horror sci-fi gore it's mean, mm-hmm. a pretty gory flick too and i know i know that's another just kind oh, yeah. of offshoot of horror uh, but yeah that movie's one of those ones And horror i find and you know it's funny about horror I find myself, the older I get, the less of a stomach I have to watch horror movies. I mean, I honestly...
2: its not weird? I, yeah. I, I,
0: I, find my, I find myself, you know, I have a lot of friends that are into like, you know, whatever the craziest, most insane thing that's out there. Dude, you got to check mm-hmm. this out. And I'm like, man, I'm not 20 anymore. I can't. Look no. at look at someone being ripped apart and laugh about it. I can't do it anymore. I just,
2: Unless it's Bruce Campbell movie, then it's okay. Well, I mean,
0: but that's funny. That's a whole yeah. yeah and there's that's always an exception. There's always an exception, and that, yeah. I agree. That's one of them.
2: Yeah. I just it has to be humorous.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I can't go for the egregious horror films anymore. Um, like, like I've
2: never seen anything like Saw or any of those really gross ones. Yeah, except for the satires in the scary movies. That's all I've seen. I, saw, I don't want to see them. I don't like torture porn. He's no, torture I, I porn, agree. whatever you want to call I agree. it. It's horrible.
0: Yuck. I saw all the Too Saw realistic. movies. I saw all the Saw movies. Um, and I think it became. Cause my, I remember my sister let me borrow the first Saw, she had a copy of it. huh. And I'm like, well, what's all the rage about this stupid stuff? Because any, any of the new horror, I was always like, well, you know, like the screams and I know what you did last summer, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm like, dude, this was done mm-hmm. 30, 40 years ago. I mean, why are we rehashing this stuff? Uh, and then I, I did pick up Saw. I, let, I borrowed my sister's copy of Saw and watched it. And I was like, wow, this is a really clever movie. And there, I mean, and that's what. Oh, I, it? Yeah, it's a very clever. The original Saw. I mean, I think most fans are gonna be like, yeah, that first Saw. It's a really great flick. It was a different thing. It was a game changer uh, for the time. And I mean, I mm-hmm. just thought it was very clever. Yeah, it was gory. Yeah, it was bloody. Yeah, it was cringy all over the place. The the cringy is what I avoid. Yeah, yeah. And It makes me too nervous to watch. It gives <laughs> me anxiety. I get anxiety now. I mean, I have a mental mm-hmm. issue now where. Movies like that come on, and, I mean, I just turn. I mean, I turn, and I leave the room. I can't deal with it. Now, of mm-hmm. course, Saw, they made about 400 other, other Saw movies. Um, yeah. They all, I mean, they. I saw them all, and they all have some clever stuff here and there, but it got to a point where I'm like, okay, this is just, this is insane. I, I can't do this to myself anymore. Yeah. Um, I find myself yeah, just. I like being, a good ghost story. Yeah. Well, Hereditary, like last year, two thousand eighteen. Did you, you didn't yeah. like Hereditary, Chris? Not so much. I, did,
2: I, oh. I watched that for a second time the other day.
0: What'd you think about it? it? Pretty
2: good. I, and if if that doesn't, if Simpsons hasn't done it on Treehouse of Horror, I really hope they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that. was be... <laughs> it was fun. I, yeah. I liked it. It was even though everybody died. I usually want a hero's journey type story where somebody lives, but in there, I didn't care. it was great. They all died.
3: Ghostly Tom! <laughs> Ah. Oh.
0: <laughs> Going back to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live, um mm-hmm. you guys spent a couple of nights in a cabin or something like you, you, Five we, nights.
2: Five nights. You can actually read about it. Yeah. We we put out the novella well, it's not a novel, I guess it's a document doc nonfiction about it. But uh it's on Amazon. We just did it in ebook for fun. But yeah, we hadn't we started writing together I think in two thousand twelve and uh, we hadn't met in person. And then I got an invitation to go up to Gold Country in California, you know, the old 49ers area. Yeah, sort of, yeah, uh-huh.
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, and um, to check out a cabin someone had bought. And they could not stay there, and they wanted to know if it was haunted, you know, if they had any recourse for getting rid of it. It was um, it was built in the 1920s, and and uh, afterwards we, we got some information on it, and the cats had just turned on my humidifier and we don't want that. It's um <laughs> and walking. Uh yeah, thank you guys. They sit on it. Oh, um <laughs> there. Um <laughs> the whooshing sound. Um they this is in an area, I don't know, not too far from Vallecito. I can't say exactly where as I signed something. But it's just a log cabin. It's really secluded. It was built in the twenties and um there were suicides there. It was probably used some, they said, for bootlegging and all that during Prohibition. Mm-hmm. And there were supposed to be some murders there, but no one really knows for sure. But there were two suicides in the 50s, and there was a family murdered there in the 70s. So it has a bad yeah. history. And and there, there was a squatter that was found hanging in the front. There's two bedrooms in the front bedroom. There was a squatter in the okay. 80s, and I'm looking at my notes, and a girl died in the back bedroom in the mid-90s
1: uh probably suicide sounds like a fun place and
2: yeah. it was and and the, the family said that they tried to spend several nights there and uh they heard voices and poltergeist phenomena happened, and they saw a dark figure and so they asked a friend who happened to know me and i said yeah i will come if i have someone with me and Alistair came out and we finally got to meet in person. So the first thing we did was spend five nights in this haunted cabin. And we thought we would write the whole time. Now we got there and it was um, we had a kitchen and the living room was really cool. It had there were a couple sofas that the people had moved in, so we could sleep on those. It was a great big fireplace and and it had all kinds of geodes and things in it. Uh, crystals Okay. Which I think maybe had something to do. Crystals tend to increase hauntings. Yeah. So we think that probably had something to do with it. And outside, it it was a place when we went for walks, we would get lost. We would keep the cabin in clear view and still get lost. And you'd feel kind of dizzy, like you don't know your sense of direction. Okay. There was that. And the other thing was we never heard birds. Uh, Except for the cuckoo clock hard in the house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it was... Um, There were no birds around there, and I knew from writing a book called Eternity that places with a lot of weird ores and things like that, like magnetite, the stuff that helps your sense of direction or harms it, birds will avoid places like that because it messes up their sense of direction, and... So you won't find a lot of birds in places like this. So we knew scientifically this was probably what was going on there. After all, this is gold country. Who knows what other ores are there? Yeah. So we managed, we found some weird stuff in the woods. It was a little Blair Witchy now and then, but some little X's and, and like a little altar that might have been bloodstains. We're not sure. Ah. But it, it was cool. But at, we went in there and all That's there was fine. was cold water. The living room was fine we walk in the front bedroom and it's cold oh. and we were watching our you know i'm if i have a audience i am so brave you wouldn't believe it and uh, alistair wasn't used to ghosting at that point so we're both standing there watching the hairs on our arms stand up and you know say, "Oh, it's just the electricity but it was spooky in the back bedroom we found when we explored we found um a suitcase in the closet there was old stuff in both rooms but the suitcase was interesting because it had a little girl's blue dress in it which we promptly named the shining dress because it looked like what the twins wear in Kubrick's version and um, there was like a I don't remember what year it was from but there was like a McCall's magazine with paper dolls cut out of it and stuff like that and a calendar God, looking at my notes I don't remember the year <laughs> though it was the 60s I think um, but anyhow And there was an old dusty cuckoo clock on the wall, too. That comes into play. So we had picnic stuff and a hibachi to grill on. And we're just having a fine time. Um, But we kept losing all our batteries. And the first night or the second night, we decided to watch a movie, a horror movie, of course. So we brought my computer in from the car. And it was a Mac. So we figured that maybe it would be safer than a PC. (laughs) 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 Ten minutes into the movie, zip. The battery was dead. So, for the duration, oh, and our, our cell phones died constantly. So, for the duration, the computers in the cabin, we didn't want to risk really damaging them.
3: Yeah. And
2: fortunately, we had some kerosene lanterns that lasted better. And there was a generator, but it took a dump the first night. Oh, my um, goodness. So, the funniest thing that happened the first night was. We didn't – this little hall where the two bedrooms were at either end, there was a little bathroom in between. It didn't look like anything special. Neither of us wanted to go pee. We would stand outside the door for each other and wait because we both got so nervous. And we don't know why. And we sort of half thought it was us being 10 years old because that's what we do. We're 10-year-olds together. (laughs) Um, He's like my long-lost brother I never knew I had. And so first night was fine. Second day – we were both really sleepy and kept falling asleep. We were trying to work by hand, you know we were working on our first novel, The Cliff House Haunting, in fact. And we finally decided to go into town, which was quite a ways, and we found a camping outlet store and that had showers, so we went and bought showers and cleaned up and had lunch in town and we were all wide awake again. We came back and started working and both of us fell asleep. And we got out a crossword puzzle and we, we had that sitting out the whole time. And, um, we, but it was weird. And so I think the second night we started hearing things. Oh, the cuckoo clock. Um, I think it was the second night. Yes, We heard cuckoo, cuckoo. And we look at each other. We know there's a cuckoo clock in the back room. We go back there to see if somehow it's wound itself up. There's no electricity at this point. And, um, no, it was dusty and obviously hadn't moved, so it was just a sound, and that was pretty cool because you know residual. Yeah. And yeah. we decided we'd do a séance, and I think that was the third night, and um, so we we did stuff, and we started hearing noises, and we thought they were, you know, like squirrels inside the walls, and um, we ended up—it's probably second or third night we stayed up all night talking because we couldn't stay asleep and it was spooky but then things started to really heat up um, we had um, we went I remember we went for a walk and we tried to find this little altar that we'd seen before we couldn't find it and we still don't know if that's because you know your sense of direction is so messed up there yeah you get downright dizzy at spots so oh, we know that for worse and everything it was it was creepy so one day we decided to stay two more days because we were doing really well working by now by the third day we weren't sleepy anymore and i seen i looked it up later and sometimes these kind of places will make you sleepy it was drawing energy i guess same as it was drawing off the batteries Mm -hmm. and we did a thing, which I don't know if it's superstitious or if it really works. When we went into town, we got a shitload of salt packets, and we put them in our pockets. And that seemed to – if that's – maybe it killed the sleepiness. I don't know. Or it just made us think it did. I have no idea. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: But um, <laughs> we got enough that we kept extras in the car, and we change them out of our pockets so we didn't get sleepy anymore, or it was coincidence.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And then I think the fourth day – was when we decided, we're going to stay outside. Oh, the third night, halfway through the third night, we got ourselves scared. But that fun 10-year-old scare, you know, where you tell stories and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we scared ourselves silly. And we ended up, we took a blanket out and sat in the car all night, kind of slept in there. We slept in, in fact. And it's a Subaru. It's a little bitty Subaru. You
0: slept <laughs> but out was, in the car?
2: We slept in the car. We got so spooked in the house. But we assumed that was us spooking ourselves at that point. The fourth night, we had we heard noises, and it was like the squirrels in the walls, except it was windy. And so there were no trees, you know, because fires and all that. There was nothing that could scrape the doors or the the windows or anything. There was nothing that could touch us. It was a big area with nothing around the cabin. And we could hear the wind blowing the trees, and you could hear the trees moving and all that. And we laid down on our couches to go to sleep, head-to-head as usual, going, no, what do you think, what do you think? And then we fell asleep, and I woke up because there was this scratching on the window glass. And I had the drapes closed, but it was right above me. And I'm listening to it, and... I said, Alistair, wake up. And he says, I'm awake. I said, Do you hear that? And he says, Yeah. And I said, It's probably a bear because I don't like bears. They should all be rugs. I don't like bears at all. And he says, Why would it be scratching on the window? Big I don't old friendly know, bear? Why would you a, like a bear? You know, they're, they're just big old
0: friendly things. Yeah.
2: It, it was scary. Yeah. Uh, and we ended up taking our sleeping bags and laying them down on the floor in front of the fireplace, which was constantly on because it was like November. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, We heard more scratching all night long, and we couldn't see anything. It was too dark. In the morning, we go outside. There is not a footprint, not a bear print, not a scratch on the glass or on the front door. It scratched the front door, too, and that was like right out of Hell House by Richard Matheson. Scritch, scratch. But no, that's not good. But we did think it was probably kids playing tricks. We didn't hear any cars. We didn't hear anything, and there were no tracks, and nobody touched the Subaru. It was all clear. So on the fifth day, we propped the front door open and went for a little walk and, you know, had hamburgers outside and we're just, you know, trying to enjoy ourselves. And we decided to, we walked up the road. And so we were probably outside the cabin for at least an hour. I don't know, two hours. Who knows? Okay. And we came back down. We didn't dare go off the road since, you know, we'd get lost. <laughs> and the front door is closed. And we propped it open with a copy of Twilight that Alistair had brought because he knew that I hated that book and he thought that would be hysterical to threaten to read to me <laughs> and um, it, we never did find the copy of twilight it was just gone but we couldn't get the front door open and we had to we had the It wasn't locked. I tried the key, but nobody locked it, and it finally just, he just used brute strength and finally got it open. We get inside, and the living room is a disaster. The food's tipped over. The the puzzle is everywhere. It was a starry, starry night, I think. We'd almost had it put together. Um, Our bag of potato chips scattered, and I go, squirrels, because that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) And meanwhile, he's going, are you sure? Oh, and and we done a seance the night before, but nothing much had happened, you know, but we decided we were going to do one more tonight, because this was weird, and that last night, oh, holy crap, we had um put most of the stuff in the car, because we knew we were going to leave after five days, and but we were, we were just pushing it, we went in the bathroom and tried playing Bloody Mary, till we scared ourselves and stopped, and um we, we went in the, I think, we went into that suitcase in the uh, back room and that had, this, like, the ladies' home journal and the blue dress in it. There was some costume jewelry, like what my mom had in the 60s.
3: Yeah. Uh-huh. And we brought
2: this brooch out, and we started asking if anything's there. and um, Nothing happened until we took our hands off the board, and this thing skittered and kind of flew off the table. So that was poltergeisty. We have no explanation uh, for that, and that was really cool because we can't totally write it off. Mm-hmm. Um finally that last night that was the night it really got noisy. And um there was pounding well almost pounding, really hard knocking on the doors. We even opened the front door when it happened because we were getting so scared that we were getting angry instead, which was good. There was nothing there. And then we heard something in the back I don't even remember which bedroom it was, but we heard a noise like something tipping over. And we knew it wasn't Well, we went back there, and there was nothing tipped over. But meanwhile, we see a figure walk from the – we heard a door. We see a figure walk through the hall, just a dark figure. There's your dark figure we were talking about earlier. And it went into the front bedroom. And we just – we looked. There's nothing there, but it is – rigid it was so cold it was like it had little dots of ice all through it yeah in addition to just the regular cold feeling and um we grabbed our crap and we went out to the car and started driving (laughs) and uh we didn't go back yeah we put the fire out of course but that was all (laughs) and so i don't know what was going on there but we wrote it up in detail if, if anybody wants to read about it but um Stuff had happened there, and we told the people it was inconclusive, but we thought there was at least poltergeist phenomena and that they should have a geologist come out and see what the ground was like underneath the thing.
0: Well, it's, and, and I mean, anomalous, something, that, I mean, things were happening. Um,
2: they were happening all right, yeah. And that phantom cuckoo clock, that happened repeatedly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, now, and that that planchette skittered by now,
0: itself. Now, you mentioned... Poltergeist activity. Do you think that I think it is, I mean, knowing all of us, knowing what poltergeist kind of are, or at least what the ideas are that what they are, Uh do you guys think that you may have been not saying that? I mean, do you guys think that maybe you played a part, your, your energy, your biomechanical energy, maybe played a part in that and maybe caused that activity? Sure.
2: Um, yeah, I think it was picking up on us. I don't think it, anything, you know, does a poltergeist uh, move anything? If you're not there to hear it, it's like a bear shooting in the woods. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe it happens, but we can't know because we're not there. Yeah. But yeah. I think, yeah, I, I really, I don't even think poltergeists are all that, you know, supernatural. I, when when I used to practice Reiki every day in my house at three o'clock, I would turn on Stargate rerun. And I would sit there and practice Reiki for the whole episode. And I would have things like move off the foyer, you know, just like I remember watching a little tape roll, just push off and roll down. Okay, that's that's energy moving around. And that's the only time I'd ever seen poltergeist stuff that wasn't, you know, it just, I knew I was doing it. And so you're concentrating energy. So of course it was sucking on us, especially after we started getting scared. Then it had lots to suck on.
0: Yeah. I've often thought about but that it, idea of, I mean, like you, you put it very well, like the bear shitting in the woods idea. I thought about ghosts and it, I mean, let's just assume for a second that uh, and it, you have, you have a place, like you have a house yeah. and you have ver I mean, let's just assume for a second that there is a ghost in the house, you know, take all of mm-hmm. our stuff that we, we, all these other ideas we have as people about, about what ghosts are. Let's just assume for a second that there is a ghost there. There's a ghost there. Okay. Simple as that.
1: Is there a ghost, Scott? There's yeah. a ghost there. Okay.
0: <laughs> right? And there is, I've always, I've often thought about that idea. Like if I had a, like a I can't, like, you know, in my mind's eye, what happens when there's no one there? There's a ghost in the house, but there's no one it's there. Probably. I think it
2: probably goes dormant, but it's got to have energy. It's got to have something
0: to feed it, doesn't it? Well I mean I guess at least at least in their respect to poltergeists. I uh, mean we hear about yeah. residual type hauntings, we hear about just random type hauntings, it just things happen. I mean I think poltergeist kind of covers yeah. the idea of an interactive type of phenomena. Uh, that's I think what a, right. what a, what a poltergeist is is it's have, something have you ever, Go ahead.
2: Have you ever met a poltergeist agent? I had a friend who was a poltergeist agent. She if she was around things would move and she knew it too. And she was very accepting of it, but boy, I I saw things fly across her kitchen. I saw a knife pull out of a block and fly once, and I thought I'm going to be careful around her. Um, I say, no, <laughs> but, you no, know, no,
0: no, no, no. She want to
2: stab. she she had an abusive husband, and uh, she would think bad thoughts at him when he was in the bathroom, and he, she'd scare him off the toilet. She'd, she'd make toilet paper fly, you know, things like that—just little things—as she had done it since she was a child, and you know that the. Um, oh very What path was involved in it the uh carla moran the entity thing
0: oh god she was supposedly oh.
2: a, a poltergeist agent yeah and yeah. some people just really feed them the only time i ever saw myself do it was with the reiki and that was just a little harmless oh the roll of tape fell down
0: Speaking of movies, that's one of the, that's one of the hardest watches for me to still watch to this day. I've, I've read that book a couple of times and it still messes me up. I don't know why I torture myself. It's great. It, it's a, it's I a, love
2: that book. Yeah. It's an incredible story.
0: Scary. It's, and it is, it truly is just bone chilling and they you know, I think yeah. that movie captured a lot of that, um, how that movie ends. Oh man, that blew my, the ending was a bit different. I think, uh, you know, in the movie, mm-hmm. but what they, yeah. what they made, you know, they, t- they tried to envision with that, just that really, and, I mean, and it was one of those ones I shouldn't have watched when I was younger. It was one of those movies I was able just to sneak uh-huh. and watch it on Showtime or something. Uh And it was a book that uh-huh. just sat in my grandparents' house. I inherited it from my grandparents and uh-huh. I still have a copy of it. I still, I still have it here. Uh, and it's something I, I should... I like the moving boobs, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man, yeah, that was messed up. That that was really messed up. But yeah. for that time when that movie it was. was made, that was really messed up to see that. And it was disturbing. It was yeah. horribly disturbing. It I... was. The
2: real people that went in there, I, I know a lot of them. Uh, it wasn't nearly as disturbing as it is, of course, fictionalized. Yeah. But it happened it really did happen these weird things but there was there was a little bit more weirdness between mother and son than they let on in the book and she was kind of an odd character in real in real
0: life they did and they did follow her they did kind of show that in the movie at least they you did see that kind of that tension i think a little yeah. bit yeah um, yeah and they
2: they did get stuff on film some really weird anomalies but really? there there were Number of people there, but wow. Taff is, is convinced that she was a an agent, and I don't see any reason to not think so.
3: Ghostly Tom!